Welcome to the Mackenzie McHugh Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. On this podcast, we'll dive deep into God's Word and build faith. Now, more than ever, people are hungry for God and hungry for biblical truth. On this podcast, we filter nothing. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, this podcast is just for you. Let's dive in. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy that you're here and you found this. Whether you found it through Instagram or Facebook, I just want to welcome you. And thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. Praise the Lord. I am very excited today. I have a word from God, from His Word, to share to share with you today. So, before I get into it, let me open up with a word of prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for everyone that's tuning in today on the broadcast and listening. I pray in Jesus' name that they are touched and that your word transforms everyone who listens with an open heart from the inside out. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So today is called Faith Facts. And honestly, I could probably do a whole series on this, but for now it's Faith Facts from Mark chapter 5, verse 27. Faith Facts. Now, I recently went to, what kind of sparked this message is I recently went to revival meetings. I went to go to Evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I will say, I was only there for like two days, and just in those two days, it was like life-changing, and this kind of came out of that. I was determining before I went inside to those services, in my car, I said to the Lord, God, I want everything you have for me, and I made up my mind that I wasn't going to leave empty-handed, because honestly, I was like, man, I'm only able to come for two days. I had other like commitments, things that I gave people my word for, or else I would have stayed the whole time. But I was like, man, I'm going to miss out. You know, I'm only here for two days. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make the best of this and I'm going to determine right now for myself, I'm going to get something from God. I will receive something from the Lord. And I took a hold of that and I grabbed onto that for myself, that whether or not someone lays hands on me, whether or not, you know, someone tells me a word from God, whether or not I have this great big moment, whether no matter where I'm sitting in the building, whether it's in the back or wherever, I don't care. I'm receiving from the Lord. Amen. Because I mean, the Lord doesn't care about those things. He, he doesn't look at those things. He looks at a heart that's hungry and that wants him. And I made a determination. I will be the hungriest person in this room, whether or not the person to the next next to me is receiving or the person to the right. I'm making my focus on the Lord right now, no matter who's preaching. I'm not going to blame it on who was preaching. I'm not going to blame it on anyone but myself. I'm taking responsibility. And 
really, we have to stop with the excuses sometimes. We come up with these excuses of, well, this is why this didn't work out. This is why I didn't receive my healing. You know, it's just not God's timing yet. Oh, this is why I didn't receive anything that night. You know, I just couldn't focus. And as I understand what you're saying, from the Bible, though, the Lord is looking for faith. That's simply what this is about today. Is not our excuses, which could be really valid excuses, and I'm not, or even reasons, valid reasons as to why, you know, and I, I see what you're saying, but in God's eyes, he sees two things. He either sees throughout the scriptures, like in, you know, Jesus's life, he responded to faith. That is the one thing, but he also responded to unbelief and how much he hated it. So God hates unbelief, but he loves faith. He doesn't care about who you are, what you came from, how unqualified you are. But if you get faith, if you have this one thing, faith, you get God's attention. There's something about faith that makes Jesus stop when he's walking through a crowd and look at you. And that's what I want to talk to today is this story of a woman that was sick with the issue of blood. She had a a problem, like a menstrual problem, where she was constantly bleeding. And it was for, for 12 years, had this bleeding problem. No one could cure her. And imagine in this time, in their culture, they didn't have the medical you know, help like we have today. I mean, she had this problem. (laughs) The Bible even says that she did see all the medical doctors. She spent all the money she had to, to get help and none of it worked. Go with me to Mark chapter five, verse 25, or even, um, verse 24. Let's start there. So Jesus went with him A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. Verse 27, this is the key text of today. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought if I just touch his clothes I will be healed immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering at once Jesus realized that power had gone out of him he turned around in the crowd and asked who touched my clothes So get this, there's a whole crowd of, you know, hundreds, possibly even thousands of people um, that were pressing around Jesus. Jesus was like in the midst of a crowd. And, you know, when you're in a crowd, hundreds of people are touching you. Hundreds of people are touching you. So when Jesus says, who touched my clothes? It's like, yeah, Jesus, everybody was touching your clothes. Um, (laughs) You know, everyone was bumping into you. So he wasn't asking that. He knew everyone was bumping into him, but a specific person bumped into him, someone who had faith. He recognized who touched his clothes because he felt power go from him. He was asking, 
Who was the one that grabbed a hold of him and received power? That's what he was asking. Let's continue reading. You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answer, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at Jesus' feet and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. One other thing I want to bring out of this is Jesus, in the midst of this miracle of healing uh, the woman with the issue of blood, who grabbed onto the hem of his garment and was healed immediately because she touched Jesus' garment. Now, Jesus was on his way to actually heal somebody else. He was on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. If we read back um, a couple verses before, in verse 23, or actually let's do 22, then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. And then a large crowd followed and pressed against him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding. So Jesus was on his way to go heal someone else, a daughter who was dying. Now, what's amazing about this is this was the most inconvenient time. This was the most inconvenient time for Jesus to be stopped because he's on his way to go heal somebody else. And this woman comes along who needs a miracle and she stops Jesus in his tracks. The first thing I want to bring out of the text today that we can learn from this story, this true story that really happened, is number one, determine that now is your time. Determine that now is your time. What do I mean by that? Well, this was the most inconvenient time in the natural to receive anything from God. And how often can we limit God because of our own um, uh, mind or understanding of when God should do something for us? We put it on God like he's sovereignly over every single area of your life. And I want to say something. You have control over your life. It's not God. You have control over your life. So this woman, I was getting a little ahead of myself. <laughs> Let me go back to the context here because this is all right in the Bible. The, this woman grabbed Jesus at an inconvenient time when he was on his way to heal Jairus' daughter who was dying. In such an urgent moment, this lady's faith trumped the urgency of the moment. Not to mention, was it, you know, not the best timing, but she wasn't even qualified to receive anything from the Lord because she was unclean. In the, in the book of the law, in Leviticus, we know that anyone that's unclean from sickness should not even be in public around other people 
because she was in a crowd and touching everybody, bumping into them. So as she was touching everybody, she was transferring her unclean or uncleanliness. She was transferring that onto other people. Leviticus 15.27 says, Anyone who touches them will be unclean. They must wash their clothes and bathe with water, and they will be unclean till evening. So that is what the law says, which at this time, um, God's people were still living according to that until Jesus came. So according to the law, this woman had absolutely no reason or right to be in public. Not only was she inconveniencing Jesus, which would have been what we would think. Of course, Jesus wasn't inconvenienced at all. But imagine all the excuses that were running through her mind. I'm unclean. I'm not worthy to receive my healing. This isn't the right time for Jesus. I mean, he's like the son of God and everything, and he's going to go heal somebody else right now, so I don't think I should bother him. You know, all the the fearful thoughts and excuses that could come to keep her from receiving her healing that had been pushed off for 12 years because everyone else failed her. There was no more solution from doctors. There was no more help from any man. She needed a miracle. But notice that none of those excuses stopped her. None of those excuses stopped that woman. Now, of course, the Bible doesn't say she had all those different excuses literally, but we can, from the context and the culture of what this time is, we can we can assume that she was probably could have been struggling with those thoughts. I just want to make that clear. That the Bible doesn't specifically say, oh, she was, you know, having doubts in her mind. I mean, obviously, she didn't let those things affect her if she was having doubts because she literally went out in faith and grabbed a hold of what she wanted. And that's the point is that she determined that now was her time. I don't care if Jesus is going to go heal somebody else. I want my healing right now. That's radical faith. That's radical faith for a woman in this time who was sick and unclean to inconvenience Jesus like that. That was a big deal. But look at this. She didn't care. And neither did Jesus. Jesus isn't religious like that. He's not there disqualifying people. He's waiting for people to come out and touch him like that. Do you know what's sad? Is that out of everybody else in that crowd, Only that woman got her healing. Only that woman got what she actually wanted from God because she was the only one that recognized that was the time. That was the time. It wasn't the whole crowd. It was just her. She determined that now was her time. And I want you to take a hold of this for yourself and determine now is your time for your miracle. Now is your time. And I have to be honest with you, I often grew up hearing the opposite. I often grew up hearing it's just a season of dryness. I'm in a desert season. And I want to tell you that that is not sound. Like, I'm just being honest. I said in the beginning of this podcast that I filter nothing. And that's because I want to give you guys what I've received from God myself. Amen. And I want to tell you, if you have that mindset 
of it's I'm waiting on God, if you have that mindset of it's just not my time, I want to just give you a different perspective. Is that really working for you? <laughs> like, I'm just being honest. Because <laughs> I have to tell you from my experience, it didn't work for me. I mean, if you just even have the thought like that, that, man, like I'm just waiting and waiting, years will go by. Months will go by and you're still feeling discouraged. You're still feeling like you're being beat up by life. You're letting life and, you know, the devil tell you how your life is run. When the thing that God gave you is called faith and you can flip it around the other way and say, no, actually, I'm going to get what I want from God because his word says by his stripes were healed. Amen. So that's that's what I want to get into today is determine that now is your time. Hebrews 11 chapter one. Let's go there. Hallelujah. I pray this is helping somebody out there today. Amen. <laughs> okay. Hebrews 11 chapter one. No, Hebrews 11 chapter one, verse one. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I want to focus on the beginning of this verse that says, let's look at the first word, now. Now faith is. This is not now faith will be, now faith was. It is Faith is now. Faith is present tense, and it's something you and I must determine we're going to grab a hold of right now. I'm recognizing this is my time. This is my moment. This is when I'm going to receive my miracle because this is the thing. God's waiting for you to say yes. He's waiting for you to put your faith out there like this woman did in Mark chapter 5. And he's waiting for you to call out to him and grab it by faith. Faith gets his attention. Faith is what gets the attention of God, is great faith. So faith is now. Determine that now is your time. Don't put it off another day. Don't wait and say, it's just my season of being dry. Nope, it's just my season of being in a desert. I'm just waiting. I'm suffering out here. But let me say something about the whole desert season thing. Is yes, the children of Israel did go. God led them into the desert and into the wilderness. But they were long, prolonged their time there. It was a season of testing and there will be tests in life. I'm not saying that, that there won't be. There will be tests, but we're never supposed to camp out there. We always go from victory to victory, the Bible says, glory to glory. So in the Old Testament, when the children of Israel were camped out in the, in the wilderness, they were only supposed to be there for a couple weeks. And it turned into 40 years because of their lack of faith and disobedience. But no one, um, I've heard a lot of messages, and it's not to like disrespect anybody like that's a pastor out there. Like I, you know, I'm not saying it about anyone specific, but I'm saying that that message um, scripturally, I just don't, I don't, we as Christians have victory in life. And Jesus died on the cross to give us victory in every area. So to say that it's just not God's time is a selfish thing. 
if if you know what I'm saying. So maybe a different time. I'll, if you guys have any questions about that, I mean, feel free to DM me. I can get into it more. I mean, for sure, I, I've had a lot of... Um, I used to believe like that. I didn't understand. But hearing the faith message changed my life because I realized I have the power in my hands to do something. So it's very freeing, actually. So praise God. So determine now is your time. I could go on that for a, a long time more because I see how many people struggle with that. And it makes me sad because I want people to live in victory and not be a victim to their circumstances or a victim to um, what's happening because really um, you have the the power over it. So that's, that's, that's that. So number one, determine now is your time. Number two is believe God's word for yourself. Believe God's word for yourself. Verse 28 Because she thought, this is the same story, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Now, I want to bring out what she, what this point is, is believe God's word for yourself. This woman had to believe that God wanted her to be healed. She thought. Now, if you have a thought about something, it normally is reflecting what's in your heart. It's reflecting what you're believing in, what your what your thoughts are, are really powerful because it drives what you do in your life. Whatever is in your heart and whatever you're thinking about is where you end up going in life. So if there's lust and there's perversion in your life, guess where you're going? You're going that way. You're, you know, you you're in a bad place where you could fall into sin. Well, if you have purity in your heart, if you have good things in your heart, then good things are going to come out of your life. You're going to go toward what God wants for you. You're going to be pursuing God's plan for your life. Amen. So whatever's in you is what you end up doing. So the power of a thought and what's inside of you will determine what you receive from God. Because she thought that whole miracle was driven by what she thought about God, what she believed. If I just touch his clothes, was her thought. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. She thought a, a, a faith thought. She had a belief about God that was a faith. And that thought, the power of that thought, of her thinking, you know, God's going to heal me. If I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. That thought determined what she received from God. If you can't believe for it on the inside, it will never happen on the outside. This thought revealed that she believed God would 100% heal her. She had pure, potent faith and had no doubt. She had 100% faith in God. There was not even a 99% chance. There was no nothing like that. There wasn't like, yeah, you know, if it's his will right now. Because clearly... You know, if you had a victim mentality, well, it wasn't his will to heal me. I was standing here. If he's God, he would know I'm sick and he would just come and touch me. Well, he walked right past the lady, you know? And a lot of times I see a lot of people that sometimes get confused with, if it is it God's will to heal me? 
you know, I didn't see it. I haven't received it. But there's not one example throughout Jesus's life and ministry where he denied somebody of a healing. There's not one example of Jesus's life where, where someone, where healing didn't work when he prayed for somebody. Every single time Jesus healed the sick, it always happened. Every single time he prayed, it happened. That's Jesus's faith. So I want to encourage you with that, that Take God's word for yourself. Believe it with everything on the inside of you because it will never happen on the outside unless you declare it with your mouth and you believe in your heart. The same way that you got saved when you declared Jesus is the Lord of your life and you believed in your heart, it's the same way you receive anything from God. If you need provision, if you need healing, If you're believing for a home, if you're believing for whatever you're believing for, God responds to it by faith. And it's what you believe on the inside that determines what you receive on the outside. So that's number two. Believe God's word for yourself. Renew your mind in the word. Put thoughts, put thoughts that are, that are from the Bible. You know, sometimes when you go to like a real good like church and a good Holy Ghost service, God will show you things that you're like, man, I didn't even realize I was allowing thoughts of doubt. I was allowing excuses to come in my head to keep me from doing things that God told me to do. I've been allowing, you know, my even my opinion of myself of, oh, yeah, like, you know, I can't do this, you know, or it, it could just be a feeling or something you're struggling with. That's doubt. That is something God hates. That's something that God doesn't like. Because Jesus already gave us everything we needed on the cross when he died for us. The Lord's given us everything we need. Just you and I have to put it to work in our lives by believing it. Amen? Amen. So I want to encourage you, no more with the excuses. I'm saying this to myself as well. No more with the excuses, okay? No more because God's word has has actual power in it, that when you believe in it, that it gives you the power to do what you can't do on your own, and it gives you the power to do it through the strength of God. Amen? So number two, believe the word. Number three, act on the word of God. Act on the word of God. Listen to this. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. What did she do? She heard about Jesus and his healing power and his miracle working power. And she didn't just sit there. She didn't just, you know, say, I hope this is going to happen. But she went out and got it for herself. She saw the opportunity and she grabbed it in the window of that opportunity. And she came up behind him. So she acted on the word of God and touched his cloak. And she touched his cloak. So she acted on the word. She grabbed a hold of it for herself. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. 
that if we are saying we believe something, if we're saying we're Christians, yet we're living an, an unholy life, then we're denying God based on our actions. The Bible talks about that. And scripturally, our actions must back up what we're saying we believe. Our actions have to back it up. Now, miracles oftentimes are provoked from an action taken in faith. An action taken in faith. Hallelujah. And that's how her miracle was provoked, was by her action. He doesn't have to wait until he's powerful enough to do it right now. And he wants to do it right now in your life. He did it for her and he'll do it for you. If you have that same faith that can make pull down a blessing from heaven, guess what? God will give it to you. Amen? And with healing, that's not even a question because Jesus paid for that on the cross. When Jesus died, he died for sin and sickness. So that we could be healed, that we could be whole. Healing is part of our package when we, you know, not to put it in terms like that, but literally like in your relationship with God, when you receive Jesus as the Lord of your life, now you're a child of God, your spirit's born again. And also you have the promise of divine health while you're on the earth, which is not the focus of this podcast, but I just thought I'd throw that in there because some of you on the other end of this, you might be believing for your healing. Um, You might be believing for a miracle or healing for a loved one, you know, so immediate miracles. Now, oftentimes people don't, how do I say this? Like I've heard a lot of testimonies of, or just people's, um, people saying, you know, well, it didn't happen for me like that. Or, and for example, um, in the, um, in the first Corinthians, when it talks about the gifts of the spirit, there is the working of miracles. So I'm not saying that there's not, there are some miracles that are progressive where after you leave a healing service and you got hands laid on, you know, the next morning you're all, you're like much better or throughout that week, um, you know, whether let's just say, for example, you had a missing finger or something like that. And someone comes and prays, you know, the man of God, lays hands on you, and, you know, that night your whole finger didn't grow back, but the next morning a little nub grew out, and then it grew and even more and even more and even more. So there is, like, the working of miracles, so I'm not saying that. But what I am saying, what we can learn from this text, is that God can certainly immediately heal you. God can certainly immediately perform a miracle in your life. And if you have the faith for that, I believe that that's what you'll get, an immediate miracle because she grabbed a hold of Jesus so firm. She had her faith set. She believed in her heart. She recognized it was her time and she grabbed a hold of it. Pure faith brings an immediate result. And oftentimes I think in our own minds, we can kind of limit God or almost like in our head deny God's 
timing of being quick in our life because we think we ha- it has to be a process. But I just wanted to bring that out from the scripture is that it says immediately her bleeding stopped. So I just want to bring that out to you. Amen. God will heal you immediately. Amen. Number five, and this is my final point, which I'm kind of surprised I got this done within the 30 minutes. I thought this was going to be like a whole hour today. Number five, faith gets Jesus's direct attention. And again, this whole podcast is about faith facts this week. Faith gets Jesus's direct attention. Notice that, and I brought this up earlier, but there was a whole crowd full of people. Do you want to know how you can get God's attention in a crowd when among thousands where you wouldn't even be noticed? Use your faith. Determine this last six months of 2023 is going to be the best six months of your life. That the devil is going to get a kicking in the butt this last six months because you are determining, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to give God my best these last 6 months. No more excuses. None of that. But I'm going to get God's attention. I'm sick of I've been, you know, believing for this whatever you're believing for. I've been believing for this thing for years now. Still haven't seen it come to pass. You know, I've been believing for this and that. Well, you know what? I just want to encourage you that faith gets God's direct attention. That there's something that comes when you just have a potent faith. And if something's really not breaking in your life, I would even recommend from the scriptures to fast and to pray. Because that will get God's attention when you humble yourself in fasting and prayer. The Bible says that um, this kind come out not um, only by prayer and in other translations, it also says fasting. So there's a certain there's certain things that can only be um, opened into your life or broken when you fast and when you pray. So that's something that I I would even say if, you know, which is not, you know, the whole purpose of this podcast, but I'm saying if, you know, you're believing for a child to come back to the Lord or a sibling or something like that, I would say ask the Lord how long he would have you fast for and give up food and and seek God with that request. The thing is, is that you and I have to determine and know for ourselves that God will answer your prayer. Do you know God's wanting to answer your prayer? Do you know that God desires to see you blessed? Do you know that God desires for your, your desires to come to pass? Do you know that the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart, Psalm 37. So, If you want God's direct attention, his eyes on you, faith gets his attention. And the thing is, is that we have to determine for ourselves. And I I can't even tell you. It's something we have to constantly remind ourselves of. Because people, depending on who you're surrounding yourself with or what people are saying around you, those little things, without you realizing it, if you're not staying in the word, and like being on top of things in your own life, those things will start to try to affect you or discourage you. But I want to let you know that you don't have to be discouraged anymore. You don't have to feel like you can't do it. You don't have to feel like it's, you know, God's putting it off. He's just not hearing your prayer. I want you to get this today. If you understand the powers in your hands, 
to change your situation, which to a lot of religious people could sound really bad that I just said that. And and, it, and I understand why, because it's like, well, God's in control, man. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that he gave us something called faith. And I don't know why God set it up like that, but he set it up like that. He set it up that man has faith and God responds to faith. God never forced you to get saved. God never forced you to say the sinner's prayer. You did that. You wanted to get saved. You wanted to get set free of sin. The Lord was the one that responded because you called out to him. If that makes sense. Amen. I pray this is making sense to somebody out there and encouraging you that the power is in your hands to tell the devil to get out. The power is in your hands to get Jesus's attention with whatever you're wanting in life regarding your healing, regarding a miracle, anything you need. Jesus is limitless. He has everything. God's not lacking. God's not worried about anything. He's not trying to make ends meet. He is blessed. He is highly, he is seated in heavenly places, the Bible says. He has everything taken care of. The Bible says, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. That's what the Bible says about you and I. So why are we speaking lack in our lives? Why are we saying, I can't do this or, you know, oh, I, I can't afford this and I, I, you know, I can't do this and that. Well, the Bible doesn't say that about you. You're limiting yourself because you're receiving the report of the devil. You're receiving the report of like just unbelief and doubt, really. And limiting God now when the Bible says that we're blessed. Amen. This is powerful for someone out there that's getting it is the powers in your hands. Emotions don't get God's attention. Sitting there and, you know, and God does, you know, feel and stuff, but it's not necessarily what moves him to help. What moves God is faith. You know, and I've heard a lot of people tell, you know, I've heard other, you know, evangelists and pastors say that emotions don't get God's attention, but faith does. And if you're going through something, it could kind of hurt to hear someone say that. Man, that's insensitive, you know? But let me help you that that statement right there will help you grow. That will help you understand you have to activate your own faith. That sitting there and crying about it will not change anything. It will not um, make, you know, something happen in your life. But realizing, you know what? I'm not a victim to this thing. You know what? I'm not going to let the devil smile today by seeing me sit here and cry when I have the victory in Christ and he, he died for me on the cross and gave me everything I need to live a godly life, the Bible says. I'm not going to sit here today and let, and let the devil think he won because he sees me, a child of God, crying when I should have the joy that a believer carries. Emotions don't get God's attention, but faith does. What was the one thing that Jesus said to this woman in verse 34? He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. He didn't say, I have healed you. He didn't say, I sovereignly am healing you. 
He said, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. It was her faith that healed her. I'm just reading the Bible to you. <laughs> I'm just letting you know what, what this is saying. Because you know what? Why does this? Why has the Lord been ministering to me out of this? Because when I went to those revival services, I made up my mind. I am. I am receiving something. Because you could battle in your mind and be like, man, is it going to be my night tonight to get blessed? Like, am I, am I going to get something tonight? You know, God, are you going to touch me? How about this? I'm going to touch God tonight. <laughs> I'm going to touch him. I'm making sure I'm getting something from him. I don't care who's next to me. I don't care who's here. I don't care about anything else. I don't care about who's preaching. I care about the Lord. I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto me. Get that mindset that faith gets God's attention and he, he will never pass you by if you have strong faith like that. He'll never pass you by. You will always get filled because you were hungry. Amen. Keep up the hunger. Ask God today. God, give me a spiritual hunger for your word. Give me a hunger that I hunger and thirst for righteousness. Amen. I pray this bless somebody out there. I want you to lift your hands where you're at. And I just want to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone watching today that the word put faith in them today. Faith, Lord, for whatever they're believing for, whatever they are asking you for, whatever they've been asking you for, whatever they've been desiring, that they find that thing right in the Bible and they declare that scripture every single day. They declare, I'm going higher today. I'm going from victory to victory. I'm going from strength to strength. Tell the devil right now, say it out loud. Let, let all of heaven hear you. I'm going higher today. I'm going from victory to victory. I'm going from strength to strength. Greater is he who lives in me than he who lives in this world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Father, I pray for everyone watching today that, Lord, they hold back no more, but go full force into what you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. And anyone else that's been watching, and this is your first time maybe ever listening to this podcast, your first time ever even hearing about Jesus, I want to just tell you, God loves you so much. And the way he demonstrated his love was by action, like we were talking about today, is faith always has action with it. He didn't just say he loved you, but he sent his son to say he loved you. He showed it. And he sent his son, Jesus, to die for you and I on the cross. He actually died the worst death. Even though he didn't do anything wrong, even though he was sinless and never made a mistake, he was perfect, but he laid his life down because of our sin. Well, why? Why does sin have to be atoned for? Because God is a holy God. And the Bible says, be holy for I am holy. Be holy as I am holy. So in order for us to actually have communion with, the, with our creator, with the one who made us, the one who loves us, there has to be a, a shedding or an atonement of blood. There has to be a, some type of a sacrifice. In the old covenant, it used to be through lambs, and it, it, it used to be through animal blood. 
that just covered your sin, but Jesus' blood actually takes away your sin. It doesn't just cover it. It actually takes your sin. And the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, God forgives and forgets your sin. And also the Bible says that anyone that receives Christ is a new creation. So if that's you today, and you want to give up your life of sin, you don't want to live in it any longer. Let me be real with you. We are, we've all we've all sinned. We have all fallen short of God's glory. And it's just not satisfying to live in sin. You were not made to live a sinful, horrible life that's depressing and all of that stuff because depression and all that comes with sin. So all of those things are like symptoms of sin. So if you want to be set free today and you want to know God personally, I want to just lead you in a prayer of repentance, which means making a 180 turning your back. It's a literal turnaround and you're turning your your back on sin and the ways of this world and you're asking God to forgive you of of all the sin in your life, everything you've done against God. And after we pray this prayer together, you will be a clean new person, the Bible says, a new creation. Amen. This is a big deal. This isn't just like a cute prayer we pray and then it's like, yeah, you know, now I'm going to go back to my life and then, you know, in 50 years when I die, I'll, I'll get to heaven. I'm sorry, that's not how it works. The Bible says if you can't give up your life, the Bible says to lose your life, to give your life to Jesus, where you're saying, Lord, I want to surrender my life to you and make you the Lord of my life. It's an all in or an all out with God. So if you want that, I want to pray with you today. Just say with me, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repent and I ask that, Lord, you wash me clean and put me on the new path you have for me, the path of righteousness that grows brighter and brighter. I acknowledge you are the Lord of my life and that you died for me on the cross and you rose again three days later. Holy Spirit, thank you. Empower me to live a Christian life. I love you. And I choose you now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to welcome you and say congratulations. And I also want you to DM me, personal message me and say, Mackenzie, I just got saved. Now what do I do? And I'd love to talk to you and connect with you. And for anyone else out there that um, has any questions about even what I talked about today, I had a couple of people reaching out to me asking about the first two podcasts I did about the call of God and different people saying like, you know, how do I know um, what God's call is for my life? Like I have all these, you know, different desires or passions, like which, how can I navigate which one is for me? So I had a couple of different questions about that. So maybe I'll cover that in a different podcast. But if you have any questions about today or just questions in general about the Bible, I'd love to hear your feedback and I'd love to do a podcast and answer your questions. So with that being said, I want to thank you so much for joining today. It did go a little longer, but um, have a great day. I pray this encouraged you and I I'm usually posting these every Monday. I kind of um, messed up on that this week, so forgive me. <laughs> it's Wednesday today. So just expect one every single week. I am going forward. 
I'm going to stick with Mondays, but just this week, I just, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I had a couple other things going on and it just, I, I messed up on that. So forgive me. I love you guys. Have a great day. And until next time, I'll see you guys next, or not see ya. I'll, uh, talk to you guys next week. All right. God bless. Bye.